Blog Talk Radio. to Blog Talk Radio Vibe Time with Jerry, and tonight we have our Paranormal Roundtable discussion, and then after that, the freaks will be talking about Christmas specials. But without further ado, I want to introduce Dennis Eslock, John Savage, and David Flowers. Hey, everybody. They're part of our roundtable because I have a lot of howdy, howdy. new friends on Facebook that aren't familiar with the podcast that we have. Um, hello, Erica, how are you with the podcast that we have? So we, um, once a month, the first Tuesday of every month, we do Paranormal Roundtable, and that's different discussions, uh, different topics. Some of it's controversial. Sometimes we'll talk about equipment. If you want to call in, you're more than welcome to call in to the um, switchboard. If you have any questions or any comments, that number is 516-387-1922, and you just dial 1 so that we'll know that you have a question or a comment, because if you don't do that, we're not going to know. That puts the little hand up, so we're not going to know anything. So anyway, I don't know what this, tonight's discussion is going to be about, so we'll just have to see. <laughs> We're just going to wing it. Yeah, we're winging it. Go with the flow. We go with the flow. And let me get my private. You had a, nice, you had a good, uh, good topic there, Dennis. I did? Yeah. Oh, wait, let me get my calendar right there. I had a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's so seldom that I do that I kind of catch myself off guard when I have a good idea. <laughs> But, yeah, my idea was, you know, we we pay thousands, well, hundreds and potentially even thousands of dollars I say, well. to, to go to these locations to uh, investigate, you know, this one. You know, we know little Johnny's in this room, so we focus all of our energy and effort talking to quote-unquote little Johnny hey, that we know is in this room. But at the same time, mm-hmm. there could be you know, dozens of others that are going, well, he didn't ask to talk to me. What about you? I didn't ask me either. Yeah. And meanwhile, little Johnny is off somewhere else in the rest of the location. Yeah. So, so I, I think, you know, just an open line of communication is far better than going, all right, so we know little Johnny's usually in this room. Are you with us, little Johnny? 
and then for the next 20, 30 minutes, you get dead air. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was the thoughts that I had. Yeah, and I agree. I agree 100% with you. And when I get when I have groups come into the manor house, I'll ask them, that, "What do you want to know? You want to go in blind? You want to hear the stories? What I let I let them tell me what they want." Yeah, yeah. You know, most of the time I get a you know run in the cabin. Most of the time I get a fifty-fifty shot of. I want to hear the history, or I don't want to hear the history. Um, or this half of the group wants to hear it, this half doesn't. You know, it, it, I don't know. I'm one of those, I kind of like to go in blind and go, so who's here with me? And just kind of, yeah, like we do this show, just wing it and see what the hell happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dennis, what what gets me about the times I've been to the cabin is the ones who ask to speak to Randy. That's what Ronnie said. <laughs> yeah, I see that. And yeah, is Randy here with us? Mm-hmm. Well, no, but if you go to North Carolina, you can probably talk to him. But it does bring up an interesting thought. And I've had this thought many times in the past. So this man spent 40 plus years in prison in his little six by eight cell. Essentially, his life ended when hers did. Yeah. How much of his energy did he leave behind in that location that it's potential to interact with? As well, at night when he's laid back in his cell staring at the ceiling, you know, hoping his celly doesn't um, take liberties. How often does his mind and energy travel back to that location to go, man, I really wish I could change this moment in time? That's, that's he just a that legal son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, this is the way that my jacked up mind thinks. So, you know, I'm sorry if you... I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me. and They're going to go, oh, that was just wrong. You know, that doesn't happen. But not a damn one of you, you know, what can and cannot happen with our mental and metaphysical energies. Yeah. You know, they told me for the longest time that remote feeling's not real, but I've done it time and time again and described locations and spirits that I've never interacted with or been to. So that is possible. What's to say that his energy coming back in his consciousness energy, coming back to that location is not possible. Yeah, I mean, you can have a fragmented soul or energy that's fragmented off of you and staying in that one location. Or, as you're saying, he's laying in, in his cell, looking straight up. I mean, he could fragment some of his energy and try and go back there and repair or whatever he wants to do. Son of a bitch. Or at best. I got a hole in my lip. <laughs> <laughs> I have a drinking problem. <laughs> How long you had this drinking problem? I don't know, about the time I found a hole in my lip. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there's so many interesting possibilities. Now. And I've had so many people refer to the cabin as a train station. It's like a bus. Depot. They just come and go and come and go and come and go. Yet 
the main ones that I want to interact with are the old man that stood over me while I was sleeping. Uh, some of the soldiers that I know are there. You know, obviously I don't have names on them. So how do I interact with them other than to leave it just as an open mind? Right. But so many, you know, I remember going to, um, like, St. Albans, and they have the room that all the toys are in, and this was so-and-so's room. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's other stories that say this wasn't really his room, but we've kind of set it up as his room. True. How do we know who we're talking to? Yeah, I mean, if we go by what the Bible says, the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing us he didn't exist. So who's to say that when you think you're talking to little Johnny, you're not talking to something that is not that good? Ronnie? Yeah, and that's that's always the big question when doing EVPs. How do you know talking to him? It's not like you can ask for an ID card or some sort of ID the spirit. You just have to go with a gut feeling um, and just uh, leap of faith. And try. Yeah, I mean, if you go, who's here with us, and you get back, I know Lisa. Probably not talking to Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be a transgender. Well, yeah, and I mean, we do have to take consideration in, in the, the LGBTQ plus community on the other side. Uh, you know, and, and we have to be respectful of our transparent Americans. Uh, <laughs> I knew I'd get David on that one. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> and this is how it went down in the hand. <laughs> uh, I told you, we, you want no way to the sub basement to this place. I just took the express elevator there. Yes, sir. <laughs> but I mean, there's so many questions yeah. and so many possibilities and so much shit that people don't, they're trapped in this little, this is what the TV does world. And they don't expand their horizons. They don't, or they don't think outside the box is what it is. Well, and the thought comes to mind, okay, maybe they either don't know to, or they are afraid to, you know, yeah. you yeah. hear so many people that say, oh, I won't play with a Ouija board because you never know what you're inviting in. Well, I will tell you this from experience. This little device right here, Thank I, do, I do the same exact thing with that yep. that I would do with a Ouija board, and that's ask for an open line of communication. Yep. It would be just as foolish to open my front door and yell to my neighborhood, hey, is there anybody who wants to come through and talk to me? <laughs> you don't know who the hell is going to go. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it's the intent. That's what it comes down to. It's the yeah. same thing with the Ouija board. You have the intent that you want to communicate with someone. You're doing the EVP, you're same thing. I want to put the intention out. The only thing that's different is the media that's being used. One's a Ouija board, one's an EVP recorder, or a dowsing rod. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, you know, in one aspect, and it was pointed out to me that, you know, yeah, but using a voice recorder, you're not using your own energy like you are opening yourself up and your energy for the Ouija board. No, you really are. You're making yourself the antenna, and that is just the receiver. You know, but uh, Ronnie and Shayla both have good ideas. You know, the caretaker's house at Belgrave always has different spirits in it. Think it's a lot travels down the river. Well, not only that, Ronnie, but if you think about um, how many were in and out of that uh, location during its heyday, and that how that road out front was a main thoroughfare. Um, you know how much robbery took place on that road. How many murders took place on that road over you know a couple hundred years, as well as the river traffic. Uh, you know, and then. Um, you know, Shayla's point where she knows which room I'm talking about could it just be encouraging the spirit to stay in a room not a stage. It very well could be just an encouragement for that spirit to stay in that room, but you don't truly know what spirit is kind of hanging in that room because it knows it's going to get interaction. Yeah. You know, and, and when we see the ball roll a little bit because we've asked him to move the ball, we don't know if it's, you know, the tail on a demonic entity as he turns around and his tail sweeps it like a dragon getting ready to take his next victim. So the whole thing opens up so many questions. And, you know, I, I was talking with Mike and Chris uh, over the weekend, and I told them that, you know, I think, and this is my opinion, and of course we all know what opinions are like, but this is my opinion. I think a good investigator leaves an investigation with more questions than answers and more questions than they came in with. Exactly. No, 100%. Yeah. If you leave and think you have all the answers, you're talking out of your backside. Yeah, that and you didn't do something right because there's so much that could be there that you just are not catching. Yeah. I, I got a question for you, Dennis. And you too, John. Um, what would cause a location to be haunted if there's if it has no traumatic history, uh, nobody died there? It's just, and when I say haunted, by a bunch of different, what I call pass-throughs. What we call, call a bunch of pass-throughs. They, they have no history with the house whatsoever for the location that have to be a house. Well, I think it's just like, you know, I'm going to use the fort here as an example. You know, people come here just to look around. There's really no reason. So you could have an entity or groups of spirits or whatever, just going, hey, you know what, I kind of, let me go check out this place and just hang out. You know, we, we're always thinking as investigators, oh, someone must have died here, some sort of, you know, traumatic event, um, abuse, and sometimes it's just someone returns to a location because it, it's something, a place that they feel peaceful at. You know, maybe the way that we live our lives here is actually continuing on the other side. You know, they're just going about doing their little things. Okay. And I was wondering, because here recently, 
we've been getting, like I said, what I call pad, a lot of different pass-throughs that we have no clue who they were, who they are, or why they're there. Well, let's take a hypothetical that they're modern passings. Uh, you're at a resort location. So the people that come there are there to relax, unwind, enjoy the beauty of the location, uh, meet with family, have holidays, whatever it is that they're doing there. Maybe that was the last place on earth that they felt peace. So they're going to go back to it. Or maybe they know that their family is coming for the holidays and they want to be there when the family all gets together. I mean, you know, it's like we were talking the other week. Why would a spirit be at a cemetery? That's only where their body lay, but it's also where they know the family is going to come to see them. Yeah. I mean, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example here at the fort. Um, I had a security uh, officer call me, said she was doing over check-ins, and she heard a woman in the road talking quite loud. So she stood up, grabbed her flashlight, turned it on to where she saw someone from the waist down wearing a, like a white capri pants, and she turned the flashlight, there's no one there. Now, you know, it could be someone that lived in that area part of the fort. It could be someone who just enjoyed when they were alive walking in the fort, and they're just taking a stroll down the road. So white capri pants, typically I would think somewhere between the 80s and 90s, 1980s, 1990s. I, I think they're capri pants because the way she described it was one, it was a woman talking quite loud. It was white pants that kind of went tapered down to the ankles. That could be talking about bloomers. <laughs> Colonial. That, that, that could be too. So, I mean, now you've just encompassed, you know, 400 years. Yeah. There's no way to know who this woman was. Right. But, and again, it could be right back to staying uh, stone tape theory, where it's just that moment of energy and that moment of time that has replayed itself yeah. at random. Or it could have been one of the dancers at the club, because, you know, they used to have all kinds of stuff there. <laughs> that could be. Hey, she might be coming back for that. They were pretty loud back then. Maybe we need to send Stevens out there and show him how to pole dance and see yeah. if we can connect him. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there, there's so many different theories, thoughts, and everything else. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Shayla. And, and I think part of it is, yeah, how is that what that was? <laughs> what that was either. <laughs> At least somebody heard it. God, I would have polite and said, bless you, if I'd have known that's what that was. I thought he just had a hemorrhage. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's so many theories on it that I don't think until we get to that other side we're going to know what it was. Or yeah, exactly. Or how it works or, you know, any of that mess. But, yeah, bless you, Dick. Bless you. Sin <laughs> in my ears made the penalty. <laughs> well, here, here's something for you guys. 
TikTok, as you guys know. And apparently, there was an investigator in Ohio, yeah, Ohio, who's doing a live investigation. I think it's like at the Opticon House and somewhere in Ohio. Anyways, um, he got swatted. With, oh, yes, he was doing a live with his friend. He had permission from the owner because he rented the building for, I think, the whole week. And someone called the police department in that town and told them there's a guy in this abandoned building beating up a woman and destroying the building. And he was doing this live, and they had like six, six or seven officers, I think, um, maybe, maybe less, going to the house. And they took him out in handcuffs because someone, like a troll, decided to be a pain in the ass and uh, call the cops just to mess with them. So now that's a new thing as investigators we have to be careful about. You know, if we do something live on Facebook or on TikTok or in general, I can see someone calling the cops now and saying, hey, um, there's something going on in this house just to mess with them. And, yep, it was someone out of state. That is correct. Yep. That's ridiculous. And that's one thing when I tell new investigators, when, when you're going to a location, your location will be there at night. It's supposedly abandoned or whatever. Let the police know what you're doing. Oh, gotcha. I'm like, how are you? And, and no, I, I don't think that was staged. I mean, the officers aren't going to show up pounding on the door and then put you in handcuffs just because, you know, they have nothing else to do. You know, when I'm doing my stuff here at the fort, you know, luckily I've got a good reputation with the security folks here. I just text them and say, hey, I'm going to be at this location at this time for a couple of hours, and they're okay with it. And I think if you're going to do an investigation like at a cemetery or what have you, I think it's best that you give them a heads up so they know what okay. you're out there. So they don't come running out with, with lights blazing and, and tasers at you. Especially if you walk around in the dark while holding our equipment, which sometimes can look like a weapon. But not to mention, you know, the bright, vibrant colors we like to wear to investigate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just beautiful neon black. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I never thought that would happen yeah. to an investigator, and it did, and it's like, man. That's awesome. Yeah, there's, you know, sadly in this world, you know, every, every body has to have a multitude of orifices, and I think there are a lot of orifices that this world could do without. Yeah. <laughs> if I, I, I saw that, and I just, I mean, my heart went out to a man. I mean, I mean I've been busted a couple of times in my younger days at cemeteries when the cops were called. But never being, you know, at gunpoint and being taken out in handcuffs. Well, you know, a few years ago, well, right at the beginning of the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything, the cabin got broke into. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our artifacts and things like I that were stolen. Mm-hmm. So I asked that we be put on enhanced patrol. So now, every time I have groups overnight, I call the local sheriff's department. 
I give them the courtesy call that, hey, I have people on property. This is my approximate head count. Um, I was at, at Ohio State Reformatory, right? So I'm 10 hours away. Um, no. Wait. No, I was at Missouri State Penitentiary. So I'm like 14 hours away. It's like 2.30 in the morning. My phone rings. Who the hell is it? Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. Hello, this is Dennis. Hi, this is so-and-so dispatcher with Hanover County Sheriff's Department. We have people on property. Uh, yes, ma'am, I know. So I gave him the last name or the, the name of my primary contact. She goes, okay, well, good. That's one of the persons that my deputy has in custody. And I'm going, oh, no. Yeah, that's your option. Yeah. Um, 
for a private residence also. Hey, Sully. Um, yeah. Let, let law enforcement know what you're there for. And I've found this over the years. A lot of times it's not paranormally active. It's mentally active for that person. We are not psychiatrists. We are not um, uh, pharmacists. We don't know every interaction and every drug that these folks are on, right? And a lot of times it's more of a mental issue than it is a normal issue. We have to be very careful. Yeah, one, one, one time I got a call from a, a client and normally if I'm going to investigate, I got a set of procedures I go through. I send them a questionnaire, ask them a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. I do a phone interview, yada, yada, yada. But this one time, they're telling me it's an emergency. His wife is being scratched. Their, their child is being affected. And I just, I, against my better judgment, I skipped all that. Mm-hmm. And I just said, okay, I'll be there Friday night. I got there Friday night. And the guy just been watching too many ghost adventures. <laughs> so on every little dust or meat swore it was a demon. And yeah. That's funny. I, I learned my lesson on that one. Yeah. But you see, I know when there's a couple of times back in the UK when Anita and I went ghost hunting. Um, we went into a lot of the old buildings there. And they have these little um, remote robots, that's the only way I can describe it, where it, it sets off, if you set off, set off the motion sensor, it starts yelling at you, going, you have been recorded, local authorities have, are on their way. Half the time, it's just a deterrent. And most of the times, the cops never never showed up. not saying it's, it was the right thing to do, but... Yeah, you know, I, I've done numerous private residents and hey, I often awesome. um, you know yeah. you run a 50-50 chance of them being batshit crazy versus actual activity in the house. Yeah. And always let other people know where you're going to. Because half the time, you know, as an investigator, so we go to someone's house, we really don't know their intentions. Yeah, we can go several times and get a feel, but you know what? If you go by yourself or with one other team member, you don't tell someone else where you're going, you could be going into a bad situation. Yeah, that's what's bad. look, Jerry looked up like, oh, did you guys hear that? Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> and so did all of our listeners. That's uh, my daughter from down the hallway calling me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think Dave's got a good idea. There should be a, a questionnaire in place. You should have your protocols in line. Um, I always make sure that somebody knows the address that I'm going to.
newbie investigators to understand how to do this. That's why we have you. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and this is the issue that we have with social media because everyone wants their views. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think about the ring cameras using them for investigations? 
springs, but any one of them along that line is a little portable. You just set it down and it does its thing. Yeah. Um, I think they're great in the aspect of if I'm over in this area across the building and I get motion in this area where the camera's at, I know there may be potentially activity in that area and I'll go there and see what's happening. Um, For the most part, um, I I mean, it it takes something really special to convince me that a piece of video or a photograph is truly paranormal. It takes a lot to do that, simply because there's so much that goes into a camera system and the lens structure and the light, all of those different things. Hey, Josh, love you, brother. Um, But, you know, so many of them want to automatically, like a dust runs through, they're like, oh, my God, you see that ghost. Well, yeah, and, and that comes back down to understanding your equipment, understanding what photography is, the basics. Understand the media or the device that you're using. I love the ones that are using um, like this device. Yeah. The three camera system, and then they go, oh, my God, you see that green orb? Yeah, especially iPhones. Yeah. It's there almost every damn time because you're using a multi-lens system. Um, yeah, Tracy, I'm not surprised that your upstairs blink camera goes off all the time, sweetheart. Look at all the spirit you carry with you, my dear. That's my sister from another mister. Trust me. <laughs> She's as strong in her abilities or stronger than I am. So, yeah, it's not a shock, honey, that your blink cameras go nuts all the time. Um Shoots through the window and across the room. 
I set that DVR camera in place. I'm the one that placed it. Um, I know by looking at that piece of footage and by looking at the location, there's a little sticker on there secured by ADAT that's still on the window. Uh, I know there was insulating plastic over that window, and I know where all the light sources are in that room. And at that moment in time, there were none. So for that little ball of light to come in through the window, through the plastic, and shoot through that room, I can justify that no way, no how. It, it has no logical uh, excuse. The only thing I can term it as is paranormal because it is damn sure outside the normal. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing that most people misconstrue is the definition of paranormal. Paranormal is not normal. Right. Doesn't automatically mean spirit related. Doesn't automatically mean ghost haunting, et cetera, et cetera. It's just outside the normal. And there we go. Yeah. So I'm curious, Mike, how damn long are you going to play this same game and just waste chat scroll? There it is. <laughs> I love the trolls. Yeah. Go get back on your bicycle and troll your ass away. But, yeah, I mean, video, uh, still photography. If you can show me three photos, I can look at the timestamp, and they're all three right back to back to back. I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, you know, then I may look at it and go, you know what? That's a great capture, but one photograph in a dark location without a tiny lens camera, yeah. and you go, look at that green orb. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, oh, man. <laughs> but it, it, there's so much that people just don't understand about their equipment. Um, yeah. You said... You were saying that you know photographs and video all goes right back to knowing your equipment. How many people freak out when they turn and bump a wall or something with a K2 meter and it flashes, <laughs> and they don't good. realize that that vibration helped trigger that K2 meter? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, how many of them when the two-way radio goes off? And all of a sudden, the REM fog goes apeshit. Don't realize there's a correlation here. Yep. Now, I do have, and it was one location that I've encountered it, but I encountered it numerous times, and I thought it was very fascinating to me. I, I generally will set equipment apart from each other. I don't set them side by side. So I put my voice recorder down, and I had a K2 meter a little over a foot away. And every time I would catch an EVP or every time the K2 would go off, I would catch this same exact static tone on the voice recorder. And I tried and tried and tried, and then the corporation sold. I couldn't get access anymore. But I tried for the longest damn time to find the correlation between those two. If I got an EVP, the K2 would go off. 
setting up some sort of an EMF anomaly in the audible range that the voice recorder picked up and the K2 went off at the same time. It, it was very peculiar. Um, I, I wish I could get back into that location. It was an old cemetery office building that I did the uh, complete remodel on. And I, I lost three employees, by the way, because shit kept happening. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. But I haven't had that same exact thing. Oh, look, that's a perfect one to share with everybody. Good job. Keep trolling, Mike. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've tried numerous other locations where I've got the K2 meter and the tape recorder set side by side. I don't get any issue. I don't pick up that same anomalous tone. It was just weird. Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen people, especially with the uh, Apple Watch phones, picking up anomalies on their EVP recorders because they're holding it in their left hand. Of course, the watch is on their left hand also, and I keep telling them it's picking up the RF signal from from the Bluetooth function on on the watch. And that's why you're hearing that e e e e e e or the static sound to it. Same thing with same thing with using this this next to a. Um, like a, a SB7, it will pick up the frequency coming off of that onto the SB7. And, you know, Tracy's got a point. You don't need to trust what you smell here, tingle, goosebump, and get nervous about trust what feels different from your normal. The toys just help validate what you would naturally feel. If I go into an area and the hair on the back of my neck stands up and then a K2 meter goes off three feet away, I know there's some correlation. There's something I'm only going. Like you said, they can help you validate and lead a direction. Yeah. But I don't rely on them solely. But, you know, there, there are so many things in this field that I think if we could take some of us, the ones that are out here in the trenches doing this, that I've been doing it for years, it would be beneficial to the newcomers. Maybe we need to start doing that, like a paranormal 101 from the old folks' perspective. I think that's, oh, I mean, that's what I do on my on my TikTok channel, is going back to old school and saying, you know, kind of teach everyone, start with the basics. Yeah, and maybe, gosh, I wonder, maybe somebody could put out a book uh, yeah, yeah, David. I wonder if they could play our book. Yeah, <laughs> some idiot. Some idiot. <laughs> You're looking for yours? Really? <laughs> Look, asshole can't find Look, and then he puts it upside down. <laughs> we got a whole box up behind me. Yeah. Back some of those. But, yes, ma'am. Yeah, and doing it not trying for a TV show. You know, uh, but there's so many that that's what they want. Or like you said, uh, John, they're they're looking to see how many views they can get on their TikTok or their YouTube yeah. or whatever else. I could give a rat's ass. Uh, yeah, I, here, let me show you a paper. This one has everybody that in the past month has paid a bill for me and whose opinions I'm concerned about in the way that I do my business. There, there's all their names. 
<laughs> I don't give a shit what people think. Yeah. I have to pay my bills, and I have to protect my reputation. Erica, you messed so, flowers. Sorry. See, and, and Tracy just brought up a good question, a good statement, and I, I see this especially on online. You know, demonology, you know, you take our course and you'll get a certificate or whatever saying you're a demonologist. Really? The only course that I'm aware of that you can get a degree is parapsychology. So I want everybody to get your um, phones ready. Um, Because of this show and the knowledge that we've shared, uh, I want to bestow upon all of our listeners this. And get your phones ready, be prepared, because you can then show this to any location. They will accept this, and 9 out of 10, they will not charge you. Um, so this is straight up because the knowledge that you're getting from this show. So thank you, and you are now certified paranormal investigators. <laughs> now, if you wanted a fancy letter, send us, you know, 1995, right? Yeah, they, those shows, I think, are all bullshit. Um, years ago, I did a podcast called Full Spectrum Radio, and we had a guy and his wife out of Philadelphia, I think, somewhere up around that neck of the woods. And they taught a course. It was $65 a night. Um, it was 10 nights. And at the end of it, you could be a certified paranormal investigator. And I'm like, wait. So basically 650 bucks. you're going to teach them how to be paranormal investigators, and then you're going to certify them. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we've got, you know, great lesson plan lined up and blah, blah, blah. And I asked him, I said, so are, are you certified by Chev? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've got our state certifications and everything. I said, all right, so then you're in Pennsylvania, right? He goes, yes, sir. I said, and you're certified by Chev, right? He goes, yes, sir. I said, well, that, that's kind of funny because Chev is the acronym for Scholastic Collegiate Higher Education Virginia. So you're full of shit and get off my fucking show and stop ripping people off. And I hung up on it. <laughs> there are too many people that will rip you off. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind teaching a course, which I thought back in Minnesota, on how to do... You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a... Greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 
39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Grinch. You have termites in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Grinch. Given the choice between the two of you, I'd take the seasick crocodile. You're a foul one, Mr. Grinch. You're a nasty, wasty skunk. Your heart is full of unwashed socks. Your soul is full of gunk, Mr. Grinch. The three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. You're a rotter, Mr. Grinch. You're the king of sinful thoughts. Your heart's a dead tomato splotched with moldy purple spots, Mr. Grinch. Your soul is an appalling dump heap, overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable, mangled up in tangled up knots. You nauseate me, Mr. Grinch. With a nauseous super nos. You're a crooked jerky jockey and you drive a crooked horse, Mr. Grinch. You're a three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce. Hello, all you freaks out there. This is Ryan. Make sure I'm off mute on Blog Talk. I am here and ready to go. Um, yeah, hello. How is everybody doing tonight? Welcome to December. Hope everyone's having a good month so far. Um, it's been pretty, pretty decent over here. Still, my sister's still dealing with her stuff in the uh, hospital, so it's been, uh, you know, kind of uh, crappy having to deal with that, but, you know, we're hoping that she will will be able to uh, have the surgery that she needs to have here pretty soon. I mean, having surgery sucks, so it's like, I'm really hoping, we were hoping she wouldn't have to have the surgery, but um, looks like she's going to have to. So we're working on, they're working on trying to get the, her platelets up so she is able to, um, so she is able to, uh, there she is, able to have the surgery. What is up? Welcome. It's all good. Oh, I mean, I, I honestly had the same thing earlier. I was like, what the hell? Why isn't it, why isn't it connecting? But finally, I was able to figure it out. Yeah. How are you? We're going. We're doing good. 
How's how's everything over there? Good, good. Um, things are you know doing is are going good for the brew. You know, um, uh, the Gettysburg Battle Fest just asked me to to do a, a lecture panel about podcasts and paranormal radio shows. So that's cool. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. So I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. It's awesome. Um, just investigated um, the Atlantic County Courthouse, a courthouse with Sector 12 Paranormal. And uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, it was cool because police officers investigated with us and stuff. So that was something different that I had never done before. It must have been cool getting, getting their, like, opinion on, on the uh, – because, you know, they've, they've seen some shit, so. Oh, yeah. You know. They, they were they were into it. They were totally – they were they were like, you know, if we were sitting there, um, we the guy we were with, you know, was asking questions, telling us, like, some of the stuff that they hear throughout the day. The courthouse was, like, was built in, like, 1838. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sheriff's house is still there and the old jail. And so, you know, they, they had claims of, like, a woman whimpering in one of the courtrooms, um, all kinds of cool stuff that they had going on. And when we were investigating, the police officers were even, like, asking questions. They were getting in on the EVPs. They were, um, you know, when we were sitting in, in complete quietness, you know, one of them was like, did you hear that bang over there? Did you hear that bang? You asked for a bang, and then there was a bang. You know, yeah. so it was pretty. It was pretty cool to have them with us. You know, that's awesome. Did you guys get yeah. a lot of good evidence? I hope so. I'm still, I'm still going through my audio. So um, yeah, there was definitely some interactions with some of our equipment. Um, we heard one of the officers heard spurring in one of the rooms we were in. So I'm hoping I got that on my recorder. I lost the recorder. So somewhere in that court, in the courthouse. Recorder. Just recording. Yep, very, oh man. <laughs> you know when you hear shit on that, you'll know it'll be like, Oh, that's something. I know, I know. I don't know where it's at because I had like six recorders, so we were going around and I just like kinda of put them everywhere. And it that one held like twenty four hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I random body's going to find a recorder. What the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. How are you? How are you? Uh, you know, I'm good. Um, you know, just dealing with Christmas stuff and uh, with my, my sister's in the hospital, too, and we've been kind of dealing with that and uh, just been... We appreciate that. Getting towards the end of the year, so we're just kind of, you know, winding down from the... Uh, in 2022. Yeah. So. I'm not being I'm not being rude. No. I'm I'm sharing out. So no. Looking down. So it's fine. It's fine. So uh, what to get before we get into the the Christmas stuff? Is it, it, it is it is the end of the year. We can talk some end of the year paranormal stuff just to, you know, get the the paranormal part of the freaking awesome paranormal show into the show. What what has been your favorite investigation you've been on this year? Not counting another one you go is going to go on another one before the end of the year. Two date in jailhouse. 
without hesitation. Without hesitation. How was that? And oh, that was very unexpectedly, like I said, turned out to be two days my number one uh, most favorite place to go. Um, I thought going this month with the beaches a couple of times. Megan tried to get me to go with her. And mm-hmm. No, 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 because everybody always talks about the negative stuff that they got there. You know, outside worse than the inside and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And it was, I had so many different experiences spiritually. And I mean, like some things I've never done before, you know? Yeah. And then um, I had my run in with what I claim was a bear. Was it a, a real bear or a ghost bear? I mean, not sure. I didn't stick around long enough. I was out. I pulled a dude run. <laughs> I mean, if there's a bear around, I, you know, either ghost or not, get out of there. That's probably a smart idea. I said it. I was out there with with uh, two of the girls, and I remember I, I had a flat. We had a clear. We had night vision because when you're out there, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to him. Yeah, I've been there. So you know, outside, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So dark, and you're surrounded by woods. There's a crazy lady that lives up the hill. You know, there's you never you don't know. People are driving down there all hours of the night, just wanting to get pictures of the house. Yeah. You know? So we were out there, and I, I we had a clear, we had a night vision goggles, and we had and I had my flashlight, and I had the clear, and I I had my flashlight because we heard a bang at the back of the house, and I wanted to see if it was an animal or if, because sometimes when people are inside and they slam the refrigerator or go to the bathroom, you can hear those bangings outside. Mm-hmm. So I was waiting to see if one of the girls walked by or whatever in the kitchen, and I didn't see it for a while. So I turned my flashlight to do this, and I see two out where they had just found the the 11 unmarked graves. So, like, there's, like, these high weeds, like, high yeah. weeds. So it was out there by, like, this, like, area there and I my flashlight scanned over and I saw two eyeballs what would look like mm-hmm. shiny blue shiny blue eyeballs and I was like what's that I picked the clear up because it was taller yeah so I knew it wasn't we had seen a cat earlier so I knew what an animal would look like on the clear yeah and I tested them both out so I grabbed the clear and I pointed and as I'm pointing it it was straight ahead, but then it turned. And as it turned, it had this big round body, right? Yeah. So not like and, a dog or something. I was like, what? Not like a dog or something like that. No. Okay, this was a lot bigger. I mean, it was big. I mean, being, you know, in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere, you're surrounded by woods, and it's kind of in the mountains. And then I go... Holy shit, like my mind just automatically said that's a bit there, right? And I went like this with the flashlight because they were like where? And I had equipment on my lap yeah. and everything. I stood up, my butt cheeks clenched, and I was like, it's right there. And when I put the flashlight up to it again, the eyeballs were like going like this and it was walking towards us. And I was like, That's just coming right for us. I was like, I'm out and I like I pushed everybody out. I ran. It was 20 seconds I was in. That it looked like it looked deep into my soul, came back out. I, there was a tear coming down. 
to the house. From the fire pit to the back door, you know it's not that far. No. I swore this thing was going to, like, hit my head off of my shoulders. And I wasn't running fast enough. It was like when you're a kid and you're running up the stairs in the basement and you think something's going to Oh, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. Up Convinced. So many times, yeah. Like, you're times that by, like, 5,000. So, like, that is how scared I was. I could not run fast enough. You know what that reminds me of? You see that movie, The Great Outdoors, uh, with John? Yeah. Yes. Where is it? <laughs> Big Bear. Big Bear chased me. <laughs> I ran in the house. And the audio is funny because you can hear, like I said, my recorder was on my left. Yeah. My recorder stayed outside for two and a half hours. I didn't go back outside. Everything was on the ground because you could hear me saying, that's a bear, that's a bear. You hear them going, what are you talking about? Where are you seeing? I'm like, right there, right there. And then I was like, it's coming right for us. And I was like, where are you going? Uh, here, here, boom. You hear the door slam shut. <laughs> like, I was out. You sound like that guy from South Park. He's coming right for us. He's coming right for us. Yeah, exactly. That, I said, that thing was, I didn't know what it was. And I didn't want to stick around with it. And they were like, you left us, you ran. I well, I mean, it's a bear. Follow my lead. Exactly. If I said, if I ever, if you guys ever run, I'm following. You guys yeah. can tell me why later. But I'm running with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if I'm running, there's a reason why, and yeah. it's not ghosts. Right. So, I mean, they stayed out there, and they had said, you know, at first thing, you could hear them talking. They're like, oh, Sandy. You know, and I and like Sandy came, she ran for baby. And I was like, wait a minute, what is that? You know, and then afterwards they're saying, like, it's starting to come towards the house, but it looks like it's separated and all kinds of stuff happened. I did not witness any of that, so I can, I cannot contest to what they saw afterwards. All I know is I couldn't get in that house fast enough. As far as paranormal wise goes, I mean, they're. So many things that happen there, like we, you know, me and the peaches are, we are cackling and mm-hmm. wherever we're at. We are loud. We, we joke around. We bust balls, and we can't be serious for more than 10, 10 minutes. I mean, like it's like we, I mean, we can if we, you know we're in the middle, whatever. But most of the times we're we're just we, we're having fun, right? Yeah. And we were investigating, and every time we were joking around and laughing and had, like, we had all this equipment upstairs when we were downstairs. All the equipment upstairs would go off. If you would hear, I have a trigger prop that's a train that's like 15 years old, which never, ever goes off. And we were joking around and no hear, uh, it sounded, what sounded like a chair being across the floor upstairs and then the train going off. You know? And then, the REM pods would go off, and everything. Our batteries kept getting drained from every, from like all weekend. Mm-hmm. All of us collectively were were losing things left and right. You, like when I'm listening to the audio, it's so frustrating because everybody's like, "Where's my this? Where's That's my that?" That's so Where's frustrating. This? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, wow. Like we were losing, we lost so many things. Like we found them, but we were misplacing everything. You know, it, and, and we couldn't find them. Um. We also, at one point, all of us but two were sleeping in the living room. And Kim and Kim and Dana were in Mike's room, mm-hmm. right there by that back door. And we were all talking. Our heads were to the kitchen. 
And for people that haven't been there, I mean, like, it's, it, it's the living room, then a doorway, then the kitchen, and then a doorway in those two rooms. So it's like a straight walk through if you're coming from the bedroom into the living room. You walk right through the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And we had our heads to the kitchen, and we thought Kim was, Kim was just talking. So we thought she had gotten up and started to walk into the living room. And we had baskets on the tables that were, like, filled with junk food and stuff, and we could hear the paper paper rattling around. But we legit heard, like, someone walking in the kitchen. We hear the paper rattling. Mm-hmm. And then we don't hear anything. And we're like, Kim? Kim's sleeping in the room still. Nobody's in the kitchen. I was like, God, my recorder is still going. Thank God my recorder is still going. Was there any candy missing or, like, did you see a piece of candy on the counter or anything like that would be, like? No, it was it was literally just, like, the paper rustling of the, of the you know, like, it was almost like somebody was, like, checking it out. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, and um, it was just, it was, it was just an experience that we did. We, they have a giving tree there, you know, and you walk up and you give something to this tree, but then I look over and um, there's this other tree to the other side of it. And I go, and I've never felt like this. I know it sounds kooky, but I looked over and I was like, I said, I want to start a new one. I want to put stuff on this tree. I, like, still give to this old tree, but I want to do this new one. So we did a whole thing with... We gave to this tree, and we started a peach. We put peaches and put peach everything on this other tree. Um, and got the okay from Dan because they're looking to plant apple trees there, but we were like, can we plant a peach tree? So oh, yeah, in April, we're going to plant one up there. So, But Hinsdale definitely did not disappoint. And it's the first time I've ever investigated alone. They went to dinner, and I stayed behind, and I said, I'm going to – face this Hinsdale feel fear mm-hmm. I have, you know? Um, and I was completely comfortable the entire two hours they were at dinner. I was not afraid at all. And I didn't hide, and I didn't go in the basement. Those were two places that I didn't feel. Going outside more or less only because, like I said, people are driving down there yeah. all the time and taking pictures. That crazy lady that lives up the hill. The other, the other things that happened, there's another interesting thing that happened. Um, on Sunday, the sheriff's department showed up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not unusual for them to come down and check the place out and leave, but they got out because they said they received a phone call, a 911 call, and it was from a, what was the, a Katie, Be- a Katie Bellinger or something, right? Now, I know Jeff Bellinger, yeah. right? Yeah. But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have any. But anyways, they said they got a call from a 911 call, Katie Bellinger, and she gave us the address of Three Bear Road. Three Bear Road? Like, what, the Three, three bear, bear, right there. Bears. It's coincidence? I think. Right. Well. <laughs> right. Well, and they said they put it in their GPS, and it brought them to that location. Is that the address? I don't even remember their address for Hingsdale House, honestly. No, no. And there's no bare road in Hingsdale. All right. So that's, that's weird. So you get, they get a phone call about Three Bear Road, 
and you saw a bear, maybe a bear is like your spirit animal or something. Maybe. I don't know. But they, they thought, you know, they were the sheriff's department. So it's not yeah. So they must have been helping out, which is why they would put the address in the GPS. And they thought, you know, this is weird. And it brought them to the Hinsdale house. And they said, there's nobody here by that name because that's who we got the call from. And we're like, uh-uh. No. So that and was it, weird. That, that, that is weird. Because if you put the, excuse me, put the address in the GPS, and it took him to the Hinsdale house. That's not even their address. It was just, there were so many things, you know, that, that happened there. We, we got, you know, when we went out to where, like, the 11 um, unmarked graves were that were found, you know, and, and I, we were doing an EVP first, and, you know, I said, you know, does your family know that you're buried here? And we got an audio recording that said no. Um, we also got a really, really good one, um, you know, when we went out to my faithful outside, um, and, and just Dana and Lauren were inside, and uh, Kim, I believe, and they said, you know, because there's seven of us smashed in that living room, you know? Yeah, I mean? that's a small so said, space. Yeah. So Not they, a big, so big so house. Doing, yeah, and they were doing an EVP session, and they said, you know, hey, um, better that not all these people are in, in the house now. And you hear that the answer say, they got out. A woman said they got out. A, a class A EVP. Um, and we had just left. From so they're aware, they're aware of what's going on, like, at right. that particular time. <clears throat> yeah. So Hinsdale, I have to say, if anybody ever gets a chance, go to Hinsdale. It is amazing. I love that place. It is a great location. It's a, it's a very pretty, very nice, you know, it's up in New York, so it's a nice drive. It's, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great yeah. location. Daniel's a great guy, you know, yeah. and. Yeah, and it's, and it's, you know, it's, I mean, during the day, we were out mm. at the, at the uh, you know, out by the fire pit, mm-hmm. and we were just relaxing. We were, I mean, I felt like I was on like this spiritual plane almost. Like I, I, I can't explain it. it. It was it was a different vibe for me there, you know? Um the girls did and, and they know how to do all that stuff. The only thing that, that they did that made me uncomfortable, which they know this, but they were playing like the Indian drum music, you know, the drumming outside yeah. and everybody doing that. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm like, I know that, that, that sometimes those songs and those beats can, like, they're, like, telling the story or they're, just, you know what I mean? I'm like, so I didn't feel too comfortable about that part because it's unknown to me on, on, on how to, 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 to use that stuff. But, all in all, it was the best. It was the best weekend. Were they using the drums as, like, a, tri- a trigger object or as a way to, they like, communicate? were kind of, like, just communicate. To, yeah, like, yeah, like, use it as kind of, like, you know, I hate to use the word conjure because conjure is, yeah. you know, taboo anymore, but they were using it as kind of, like, maybe, a, like, a, you know, a, a, a divination type of a tool. I mean, conjure is a good word. It's just, you know, yeah. it's basically, basically what they were well, doing. Con- they weren't, like, con- a conjuring. Like, 
like yeah. human stuff. He conjured up that bear that wanted to take yeah. me. Your spirit bear. <laughs> Your spirit takes me. <laughs> oh. So how did you feel after you left? Like when you got home, did you feel any, any effects from the trip or was it like, you know, I feel okay? I, wanted, I didn't want to leave. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of those places. A lot of people yeah, who, I, who go there have that feeling. Like a lot of like people who work go to Hinsdale House and they got a, like a, like a, like a familial feeling, like a welcoming feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to leave. We, as a matter of fact, we keep talking about it. Like when we go again, we want to go. Because one thing that we did notice is as the time went on that we were there, the activity seemed to increase. So we kept thinking, well, I wonder what one more night would have done. Like, oh, yeah, because yeah. we had gotten so much more the second night. What would one more night, would we get more of this the third night? Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, stay there and see what happens the longer we're there, you know. Um, and I guess kind of like, I mean, this was in September, but then that 28 days came out, and I was like, you know, I kind of understand the concept kind of only because we were there Friday, Saturday, most of Sunday, and as we're there, I mean, the stuff was getting more and more, it's almost like whoever's there is like getting, you know, they know you're cool, so hey, I'm going to communicate. That's the thing, though. When it's, when it's good... You know, you get and stuff, it's like, all right, super exciting. But when you're there for, like, two or three days and nothing's happening, oh you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is terrible. That's true. It also depends on who you're with because even if we weren't getting anything, I'm with my pizza. Yeah. I'm yeah, if you're with the people you enjoy, then, you know, it's always about people you enjoy being with. For sure. I mean, going out, getting – Evidence is never a guarantee. You're never going to. Right. But if you're with sure. the people you like, then it's, you know, it's a great experience. You have to trust the people that you're yeah. with, too, that, you know, they're not going to be faking stuff and they're not going to be, you know, you know, doing anything to, you know, hurt the integrity of your of the team, of the investigation, of, of, of the reputation. I mean, integrity is everything to me. And plus, so, yeah, exactly. So if you're going someplace for a weekend, you you think you'd be some with some with somebody you know and somebody you trust. But you for know, sure. going on an investigation like an overnight or even like for a few hours, you know, you don't know. You might be investigating somebody you don't particularly yeah. well, you know, it's funny know that well. Well, it's funny because we had booked. So we had booked wildwood sanitarium one year and this was this was a long this was a panel brew i had two other people with me and um we were at wildwood sanitarium and i believe mountain gypsies were supposed to meet us out there and you know things had fallen through i, I can't remember exactly the circumstances but all of a sudden this other team shows up from tennessee we didn't know each other. I didn't know them. You know, they didn't know us. Mm-hmm. And we had the place for that amount of time the entire time, like together. And they're now like two, like my best friends. I love That's them. That's awesome. Like it, was, like it was crazy to 
to meet people like and then investigate with them and, and learn new techniques. They learn stuff from us. Like it was a weekend of like it turned out to be a weekend of really like you know just awesome shit. You know, like we we we, we they did like a, a good seance and then we were doing stuff in the basement. We were hearing disembodied voices. You know, we were it was the first time I ever did that Texas method. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it was just, it was just a really good thing. And now, you know, they're my, they're like some of my best friends. I mean, yeah, SRS Paranormal. I mean, they're Matt Storch and Al James. I mean, I, I love those guys to death. I mean, we continued to work together from that. You know, so it was great to uh, friends on on that type of situation because you never know what's going to happen when you investigate with people you have no idea who they are. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've... For the most part, most people I've met during this have not been assholes. You know, there right, are right, exceptions. Yeah. yeah, there are. Yeah. But you know, sometimes it takes a while for the assholeness to to, through, to show through, so they can they can yep. act you know good yep. during when when I've been with them. Uh, so it's like I said, if, it, if you treat me good, then you're good. Right. You know, I like you know, so once they don't treat me good, that's when I'll change my opinion of the person. But as far as I'm concerned, like right. a lot of people I've investigated with at the cabin or any other place have been pretty pretty good people because they're all there for that purpose, you know, evidence. I would love to get out to the cabin. I really would love to get out to the cabin. Hey, sure. we're still here. We're still kicking. I know. I know. You know, I, and I say that and what's going to happen is, no, I'm not even going to say that. That's bad you do. I won't say that. I don't don't think that thing is that bad juju. Yeah, no, yeah, no I got to get out there. Definitely. That's all I'll say. Yes, and we will. I will. Looking forward to having you come out, and uh, looking forward to investigating with you out there. Yeah, I would love to for sure. Um, go ahead. Were you gonna say something? No, no. Oh. That was just. I'll just, I was, as you said, um, and then I was waiting for you to, for, for you to con- continue your uh, uh, thought no, there. I do that a lot. Okay. So we, I'm not in my normal room. So I see the Christmas tree behind you. Yeah. Very festive. I got my, Black my Dollar Tree decorations back here. Hanging up on the wall. High class stuff back over here. RJ's in the back room screaming about Roblox or, or something. So if you hear that, I apologize. I think she got kicked out of his game or something like that. So very tragic stuff. (laughs) I have a a Christmas tree in almost every room. That's awesome. So Christmas is just around the corner. And now, well, obviously it's December, so I'm not telling you something you don't know. But I, I was just thinking, like, about, like, this Christmas and the Christmas specials and um, how when we were younger, how just Christmas TV shows were almost like appointment television. Like you could not wait for like Frosty and Rudolph and Charlie Brown and stuff to come on. And we've kind of lost that um, through the yeah through the years is when even when stuff started coming out in DVD, being able to buy Rudolph and watching it whenever you wanted to, and it's just those days when uh, 
when you knew when Rudolph came on, it was Christmas. Now it's Rudolph comes. Exactly, it's that feeling you get when you're you're you make your mom makes you popcorn, and you know Rudolph is coming on. You see a little special thing coming around, and or a chocolate chip cookie. Exactly. You know, or you or yeah. you bake cookies and watch Rudolph stuff like that. Did you? What kind of like memories do you have when it comes to like, Christmas specials and definitely, stuff? Definitely, definitely Ralphie. Oh yes. Okay. You know, Ralphie was. I, they, we watched that. That was what is they. Do they still play? They do it twenty four seven. We'll do. We'll watch. Uh, we'll wrap presents over here. Angie and I will wrap presents and we'll cut on story on like TNT, I think, and we'll watch yeah. it. Yeah, I remember. Um, so I, it was like you know, a Christmas story. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's was played on the radio. That song, that really long, long song. Um, that they, that one radio station played every year um, Christmas morning, um, and then I want to say it was like I can't remember who played it, but um, also I mean you had you know Charlie Brown and you had um, you had all the all the classics that I mean I'm gonna be I'm gonna go out on here I'm not even gonna say Gremlins because Gremlins was you know. During Christmas time, yeah, you know what I mean. So, you know, um, but a lot of that is in another direction. But people are just so darn sensitive nowadays, and you know, baby, it's cold outside. Got, you know, scrutinized, and you know, you know, it's just ruined. You know, ruined the that that Christmas spirit. You know how everybody's just so trying to ruin everything. It's not be able to say Christmas a lot, you know. It's I'm gonna say happy holidays and you know, kinda of, yeah. it's kinda of like I kinda of, I kinda of understand because there are so many holidays that you're like Yeah. But when I was me again I was didn't hear about it that much. But saying Merry Christmas didn't really offend that many people. Now it's like, yeah, you know, everybody is so everyone, everyone, you're afraid to, you're afraid to push, you're afraid to do or say anything, you know, or, you know, it's just, it's a shame because, you know, the people that are growing up now, they miss out on all that good stuff, you know, the abominable snowman and Rudolph and, you know, Snoopy and, and. I mean, there were so many. Like, A Christmas Story is definitely a classic, you know? I mean, a lot of the shows still come on, but it, it, there's so many. Wasn't there a Gumby Christmas? I'm sure there's a Christmas everything. There's a Gumby Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there was a Gumby Christmas special. I remember, yeah, I or, or the, uh, remember the, the Claymation Christmas special? It came on, like, yes. maybe once, but it was, like, the California Raisins. Yeah. And they had uh, the dinosaurs. It's who hosted the thing, and they're trying to figure out what wassailing meant. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there were so many, so many cool things that just, you know, now it's just not there anymore. No. I think it definitely has ruined a lot of the Christmas spirit, you know, because, you know, you can't, I mean, I had, I mean, like, 
I definitely learned a lot. I had Ron Murphy on a couple weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, no, last week, actually. And we talked about Krampus, which I never knew about Krampus growing up. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, it wasn't until I got into the paranormal field is when I started hearing about Krampus. I'm like, what is this Krampus guy? Um, you know, and, and you know, we were, we were talking about some of this stuff, too, about how, you know, it's kind of sad that, you know, Christmas doesn't feel the same. The magic of Christmas is not there. But I, I don't know if that's because, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I didn't have to worry about money or worry about right. buying things for people. And it was just more right. about, you know, enjoying and the season. Yeah. And I, I've, I've always say every every Christmas, I'm like, this year I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm enjoying it. Cause I, I do believe in the magic of Christmas season. Right. Like Christmas right. Day, I'm like super depressed because it's Christmas season is over and I get right. just get in my thoughts about it. But I try to my best to enjoy the Christmas season. This one's different, obviously, because my, you know, my sister's been in the hospital and it's just not as good as it usually is. But you know, it's got to be good. I gotta you know have a positive outlook for RJ and my my daughters right. and stuff. So you know. You 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 just take what you have and go with it. Um, yeah, for sure. But like I remember when I was when I was a kid, man, just like seeing the Christmas lights and like as before, watching Rudolph and you know every all the Christmas oh, yeah, traditions. Yeah, that, like we we would drive around looking at Christmas lights. We'd try to go to like the neighborhoods that had the big, huge mansion houses mm-hmm. because they always had like the cool stuff out there, or the you know the houses that had the music that goes with the beats. Oh yeah, lights. the flashing lights and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we used to drive around. It could be like something that we still love to do. We would we would just you know drive around looking at everybody's Christmas lights and. So I, I still try to do that. Um, I remember there was a year or two, you know, before COVID that it seemed that nobody really was putting Christmas lights up. And then all of a sudden, COVID for a little bit, COVID for a little bit was, I would say for a couple months I noticed was, was a, Seems like a good thing for your home life. Like I remember walking around our neighborhood, and people were actually in their yards playing with their kids, or out back, and you're, you couldn't do anything else, right? Yeah. So you were home. So everybody's yards would look like you know people were out in their yards playing with their kids and this and that. And then I noticed that everybody's houses were decorated for every holiday. You know, I was like, "Wow, people are like really." They're taking like, they're notice. They're taking notice. They're 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 not so busy doing other stuff like being out and about. They're right. They can focus on things. Yeah, it does. And then it just that kind of dissipated. But you know, it. I remember noticing that people started to put up more and more Christmas lights since then. Mm-hmm. Like even driving around my own neighborhood. You know, I grew up in this neighborhood, and moving back here uh, last year, you know, it's different. I mean, like, it's definitely, like, so many people put up Christmas there, and it's, like, like 
big full displays of Christmas stuff. You I'm know? Think, yeah. I think you'll put up Halloween lights now, you know, with big Halloween inflatables with purple and like green lights. Yeah, not just Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So I I go all out for Halloween and I go all out for Christmas. Like those are the two holidays that like there's a lot of people that decorate for every single holiday. Not just Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day. Uh oh. I I might even do Fourth of July because I'm a huge patron. I've I've noticed your posts. You're very, yeah, I like them. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. So I do celebrate Flag Day. I celebrate Fourth of July. I celebrate, you know, uh, Veterans Day and, and things of that nature yeah. as well. Um, but other than that, definitely, like, I was decorated for Christmas before December 1st. November is kind of like the transition month where it's okay to start decorating for Christmas. Once you get past Halloween, I mean, it's not really much for Thanksgiving. You still have, like, some, some pumpkins and stuff out, but it's okay to put Christmas out, too. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to enjoy it as much mm-hmm. as I can. You know, um, we decorate the outside, out front, um, and then this year we did our back. And nobody can see the out back but us, you know, but, mm-hmm. but it is for us. Yeah. You know, I love looking out my back window or my back my back door and seeing lights on trees out there and lights on our deck banister, you know, and it just, it makes it, it, it just brings the, the holiday, the Christmas spirit a little bit. So yeah. I, I just, I love that. That's awesome. You guys go out, go all, go all out for, for Christmas and, you know, and yeah. you still have that, that special, the special feeling for in your part for Christmas. And, um, even though Halloween's my favorite holiday, (laughs) I love Halloween. I love the month of October. I love the the Halloween. I do. I love it so much. Um, but I also do, I love the Christmas spirit. I think Christmas spirit is lacking these days. Um, unfortunately there's just, um, yeah. Not enough, not enough of it, you know, and then people are... Well, I'm not enough, but our, our, our economy, I mean, people can't even afford to, I mean, it's yeah. very, things are very tough for everybody right now, you know, and, 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 you know, things like this, it push people over the edge, and that's one thing that, you know, around Christmas, you have to be very extra, you know, kind about it, that there's people that are struggling so bad and, you know, and, and can't give their kids gifts. You know, what do they tell their kids that Santa doesn't come? You know, it's, you know, that's why I try to give back as much as possible. You know, if there's toy drives, if yeah. there's this, if there's that. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very, it's, it's sad for some people, you know, and now it's even harder. I mean, I mean, putting gas in your tank or putting food on your table or buying a Christmas gift, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's why we're doing – we have uh, we have our toy drive at the yeah. cabin on Saturday. That's awesome. Trying now, how do you, now, how do you how do you distribute the gifts? Like, do you have families that, that you guys toy, We go through Toys for Tots. We've got a Marine coming out on Saturday night to uh, pick up the toys. 
and they will, he will take them to uh, the Toys for Tots drop-off for us. Before, we would just put it in the back of the truck, and we'd drive out to the drop-off, but the Marine coming out, and uh, we've got uh, someone dressed up as Santa Claus coming out to to take pictures and stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, See, and that's the stuff that, like, you should go live. You should totally oh, yeah. go I mean, live yeah. that and spread that. And, you know, those are the things, too. I mean, it's not just about, you know, you know I, I have six brothers and one sister, you know, and I also have, you know, a cousin who's like a sister to me who has who has three, also three nephews or my godchildren, you know, like, so I have a lot of people to buy for, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it's tough. It's tough. And sometimes, you know, people, you know, I have one sister-in-law that, you know, she's like, who cares about this? Let's just be together. You know, nobody else is really falling in, in, in on that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm liking this, Amy. Yeah. I'm yeah. Going with it. I mean, the kids might not like it that much, I but. I don't care to get this. You know what I mean? But, you know, but not everybody yeah, it's, really, it's, uh... It's simple. You can buy gifts for yourself. You buy stuff for yourself. When I, with my with my daughter, Rihanna, it, she has, she's working at, she tries a job, she's working, and she, she, whatever she needs, she can buy. And I, it's like, when she was younger, I could buy her special things, and you know, I would look, see that look on her face as she opened up her presents and said, oh, my God, this is so cool. And now it's just like, oh, well, that's cool. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now all she wants yeah. is gift cards. I mean, I get, of course, I buy stuff for RJ and I get that feeling, you know, when yeah. I, I do enjoy that. But it's just, remember, it's just different, you know. It really is. I remember being, you know, the little and it was just me and my one brother and Christmas Eve we were allowed to like sleep in our rooms together you know what I mean because oh yeah you know, at the, you know staying at school yep you know and we couldn't sleep we were so excited oh, man. I mean there were times where I convinced myself I heard bells I would do that know? I would my sisters and I would sleep in my parents room be like oh you hear that you like an acorn falling on the roof or something <laughs> I know God, he's here he's here you quiet put so your excited. head on the covers to make sure he thought you were sleeping, you know? Yeah, I remember there were times where me and my brother would try to sneak, and, like, from the top of our banister, you could kind of see the tree, like, mm-hmm. on the tree. Like, really good. We're going to see his black boots, you know, or mm-hmm. we'll see our Christmas presents. Because my parents, my, my parents were, like, not wake us up before 6 o'clock. So we would look at, we would watch the clock, you know. And at 6.05, we were jumping up and going down and, you know, banging on my mom's door to, like, come out so we can, you know, see, you know, what, uh, you know, in, in our in our house, the tradition always was Christmas Eve, we all got together, we would open up each other's gifts, some of them, and then, you know, leave some for Christmas morning, but Santa would always leave unwrapped gifts under the tree and fill our stockings. So, I know a lot of people have where Santa would wrap everything and put it on the yeah. tree, but Santa came to our house, he didn't, he didn't wrap, he didn't have time to wrap. So all of our big Santa was always unwrapped, but in our own piles under the tree, and, you know, we'd have all extra stuff, and we'd wake up so early in the morning, and we'd just go ripping through everything, and, 
it was literally like a Christmas story. And then, you know, my brother was Paper flying out. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, you know the dog is barking. He's ripping presents open. You know, it was just, we just have so much fun. And, you know, it's just, maybe it is age, maybe, but it, I think a lot has to do with the way the world is anymore. You know, I think it's just kind of, you know, people tolerance for stuff has, has gone down and the spirit has gone down. But, you know, maybe one day, It'll, it'll get back there, you know? I hope so. We would we would sit up, like, Christmas morning, we, we would wake up, and my parents would go downstairs, because we'd sit up at the top of the stairs, and we'd be like, yeah. did he come? And it would be like, oh, yeah, he came. And then Dad would have to make coffee. Oh, we waited to stop the stairs, and finally, you know, they would say, come on, come on. And we'd run down like a herd of cattle, me and my two yeah. sisters, flying down the steps, and um, I noticed it. I was I never noticed, like, Santa Claus had the same handwriting as my mom. I was like, that's, that's kind of weird. It's weird how you two have the same handwriting. But it didn't even, like, didn't even, like, cross my mind that it was anything anything other than, oh, that's really cool. They have, this, they have the same handwriting as Santa Claus. But I remember, like, Christmas Eve, going look at the sky and seeing, like, a, like a plane go by. And, yeah, you know, think, oh, my God, it's yeah. right off. You, know, yeah. you better get inside. You better go to bed. Oh, crap, you know. No, no. Nope. You're going to skip your house. I don't know if they, if they still do it, but they would have the news and stuff like that would have, oh, we see Santa's play and he's here in the world and he's here in the world, you know. I also want to say, like, I think, I think gifts, gifts have changed as well. So, like, you know, back in the day, I wanted a Casio keyboard, New Kids on the Block poster, you know, stuff like that. You know, nobody gets posters anymore and hangs them on the wall. A New Kids on the Block poster back then was $4.99, you know? Yeah. Nowadays, kids, kids want reality crap, and you know, that costs, like, hundreds of dollars, you know, and uh, shoes that are... Two hundred dollars. They want cell phones. They want. I didn't know. I was twelve years old. I, I didn't have a cell phone until I was like seventeen, fifteen, seventeen years old. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think that that has changed as well. Like, as far as the presents and the gifts that the kids want, you know, it's a lot, right? a lot more ex- excess stuff. As far as like you said, you know, wanting a, a, a CD or a poster or or an action figure. Now it's like I want Minecraft yeah. stuff, or I want yeah, the Xbox Five Thousand, or you know, you know, stuff like people even want animals. I remember people used to want dogs and kittens and puppies and kittens and you know, and 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 just normal stuff. Now they got virtual stuff. Yeah, lawn like. darts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just normal kid stuff, you know, and now it's all virtual reality. I mean, I wouldn't consider lawn darts as normal normal kid stuff, but. Well, hey, it was a, it was a kid's game. I remember. <laughs> I don't know how nobody got killed by one. My grandma had those, like, I guess you must have got them like, the 1960s, because they were outlawed at yeah. some point. Yeah. Well, they, oh, my God, they were, like. 
I remember playing those things. I remember, but I never felt like I was in danger. I just thought, no, just don't stand in the way of the Start. the flying projectile coming out your head. Move out the way. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard. But people are drinking bleach and eating Tide Pods these days. They probably do do the long dart challenge or some shit. Well, you got to stay there as long as you can. Yeah, if you get hit right. by in the head with the dart, yeah, you got to make, got to get views. Like, my, our parents back then weren't as, like, just, like, so helicoptery. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, yeah, go out, play, do whatever, and let's get this. Or, the toys back then were just so, like, simple. Yeah. And now it's, again, everybody's all, you get to fund by everything, and everybody gets all up and about, you know, and so it's like, nothing can be simple anymore. No, everything's, like, electronic, and... I remember the paddle, the ball and the paddle and going outside, throwing a frisbee, going outside, using your imagination, getting a stick and just having sword fights. You could, you know, you could do a lot of play with a gun if you wanted to, play army and stuff in the woods. Yeah. All I wanted was a basketball net and a basketball and, you know, simple stuff. I mean, if you make, like, a gun, like, with your finger, pretend you're shooting someone, like, not like a Mash like you know, thing with your gun, like you know, right. cops and robbers type of stuff. You'll you'll get thrown out of school and you'll get sent to a psychiatrist. And it's sad that that has become like that because there's a reason why it's become like that because of what's happened in the world, right? You know, and right. I'm sure there were shootings when we were kids. Right. Of course there were, but we didn't hear about it. You know, and it wasn't such a big deal. But now with the internet, it's like constantly always there, and there's always and it's giving, I think, by giving people ideas there and do something like that. Yeah. You know. The holiday, you know, Christmas always seems to be that that bittersweet holiday. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know everybody, they, they, they can't forget about those that are suffering through the holiday. I mean, especially people that with mental illnesses and stuff and everything like that. Like, it's, Christmas is tough because I I know what it feels like to not be able to, you know, to feel so low because you can't afford, you know, to buy Christmas gifts for people, you know, and, you know, and you can't afford. And I know that sounds very um, materialistic, but if you if you've been through that, it's it's not about that. It kind of like tears you down, you know. Like you don't feel like you know that you it's, are you know yeah. successful in in the world. If you you know like and and it and it it just sucks. And you know you just have to make sure you keep an eye on on the people that you know and are close to, just to make sure they're okay. It's different when you get that when you have that feeling as far as like buying something for somebody else more than getting it, you know, when you want to have that, you want to buy right. a present, but you can't. And I've, 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 I know what you feel. I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's me. You know, you just, you, I don't care. I don't, I, I could, I'm, I'm perfectly happy. I don't need anything, but yeah. I want to be able to make people happy. You know what I mean? Like I want to be able to make, give somebody something and it's going to get put a smile on their face. You that know? is that's the, uh, happy, that you is, know? that's the spirit of Christmas right there. It's the yeah. giving, you know, you know, it's just uh, that feeling when you give someone the, the, the present and 
even though, you know, you know, it probably will end up like in, in like a pile somewhere. The, the initial reaction they get when it's like, holy, wow, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, and you know, to, you know, I mean, granted, I don't have children, but to have to tell my, you know, seven-year-old niece, like, look, and, you know, antiques can't get you anything this year for Christmas. Not this year, just, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, but, you know, it's, it's kind of, it just breaks you down, you know, it's because, very, you know, it's very then, humbling. that's what it's about. Yeah. You, when we were seven, that's what it was about, you know, getting gifts, <laughs> presents, you know, because you didn't know any better. Yeah. That is the truth, but we're almost out of time here. We've got like two minutes left, and I wanted to take the time to thank you for coming on and talking about the Christmas, talking about Hinsdale House, your experience out there. Um, yeah. It was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm not sure if this, if this is how the show is supposed no, to be. I mean, no, no, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just wherever, wherever the conversation takes us, that, that's uh, how the show is supposed to go, and uh, I definitely yeah. – appreciate you taking the time out of your out of your night to come chat with me tonight. Definitely. And I hope I wasn't all doom and gloom. I just No, it's it is I true, just, but we I just want people to be I just want people to be aware of those around that are just maybe not be not as as, as um fortunate. Fortunate, yeah. Yeah. And that's what you said. Christmas is about being with family and again remembering those who are less fortunate. And doing what we can for your fellow man. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Definitely. So with that, I will say Merry Christmas early. And I will say we'll get you down here and we'll go investigate the cabin on 360. I would love to. That would be great. It's on my bucket list. Awesome. 